Our passage this morning is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let me read it for us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. You guys just pray with me quickly one more time. Awesome God. What we know not, please teach us. What we have not, please give us. And what we are not, please make us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we come to the word faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is defined like this. Lasting loyalty. Trustworthiness. Being true to one's word or commitments. Being dedicated and steadfast in performing one's duty. This is an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, wants to bring forth in our lives. One Bible dictionary said it this way. It was extremely helpful for me, actually. It said this, Faithfulness is to be reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. And the Bible speaks of this type of faithfulness in four ways. As an attribute of God, as a positive characteristic of some people, as a gift of the Holy Spirit, And as a characteristic that many people lack. I loved that. I was like, that's in a Bible dictionary. It called me out right there in the Bible dictionary. Yes, a characteristic that many people lack. Ah, I love that part. And as I look back over my life, there are many things in my life that I have not stuck with. I wonder if you have this testimony. I just started listing the things. Once upon a time, I was going to be a bass player, uh, you know, like a bass player like this bass player, bought a bass, played it for a week. Then I was going to be an engineer. I was an engineer for one day. I was going to be a runner. I did run for a season. I actually ran a marathon in 2005, haven't run since. <laughs> I wanted to exercise regularly. I was going to be a bird watcher. I mean, I could keep going. I, don't ask. Don't ask. I just started, I, I literally was thinking of all the things that I started and didn't do in all of my life. I just kept adding them. I'm not going to, we're just going to stop right there. The list is long. So hopefully you can relate to me and with me a little bit. We live in a world where everything is done quickly. We have 30-second commercials, 60-second TikToks, five-minute oil changes, 10-minute exercise workouts. Statistics show that the average person has the same job for 4.1 years, stays married for 8.2 years, lives in the same house for 13 years. To stick something out, to be steadfast, to be faithful, I think we could all agree is a rarity. It's something we don't often see. And Can I just confess to you guys how much I want faithfulness in my life? How many times I've said I'm going to read my Bible more regularly, I'm going to pray more regularly, I'm going to stop committing this sin, I'm going to read more books, that, that there's just this desire within me to be consistent, to be trustworthy, to be a man of integrity, to be someone who perseveres in life. But it's funny, I I think my story reflects more that one phrase in the hymn, Come Thou Fount of 
every blessing where the author wrote, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Just like the Bible dictionary said, a characteristic that many people lack. I can relate to that. Friedrich Nietzsche, maybe a strange person to quote in a sermon, a staunch atheist, philosopher, and thinker, had an interesting statement that he once made about spiritual truth and spoke with great clarity on this. He wrote this, The essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. There thereby results, and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. Eugene Peterson, a famous author and writer and preacher, he actually wrote the translation of the Bible that some of you may read every now and then called The Message. He wrote that entire uh, version of the Bible. He wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I actually listened to it this week. It's really quite good. I would recommend it to you. And he said this in that book. He said, There is a great market for religious experience in our world. There is little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue. Little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. And yet, this is exactly what the Spirit wants to bring forth to bear the fruit of in our lives. We are prone to unfaithfulness. We are prone to not be trustworthy. And yes, the world is calling us to quick fixes. But the Spirit is and wants to do a work in you and me that bears faithfulness, reliability, steadfastness, someone who's unwavering, lasting loyalty, who's trustworthy, someone who keeps their word and their commitments. It, it was meant to be, I believe, in the Christian life, and part of what our struggle is, is that this pattern of faithfulness is something that comes over time. It's a long obedience in the same direction. We are admittedly, people who want quick fixes in our own lives. We want our anxieties to be gone immediately. We want our sin issues to be gone immediately. We want all of these things that Paul talks about in Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, to be born in our lives immediately. But there's a reason why God, in his majesty, chose for this journey to be something that is slow. And, and, and that's why I believe in this list of nine aspects of the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to bring forth in our lives is faithfulness. That the Spirit does know that this journey is slow and not fast. So I, I, I was doing some research on trees this week as a bit of an illustration. And there's a tree called the Empress Tree. Maybe you've heard of it. It's the fastest growing tree in the world. It grows 20 feet in a year compared to an oak, which grows one foot every year. 
And there was this time when everyone wanted empress trees because they grew so fast and you'd have this shade and all these things. And actually what has happened is they realized that these trees are incredibly bad. They're evasive, they destroy your lawn, their roots are dangerous, and now it's actually classified as a weed. Because people who work in gardens and people who, they, things that grow fast, what are they? They're weeds. And God, in his longing for us to become the people that Jesus designed and created us to be, knows that this journey is not to become a weed, but to become an oak. And that means it's going to be slow, and there are going to be up and downs, and there's going to be failures. So today, to everyone in here who has felt like a failure, who has broken promises, who is defeated, God gave his spirit to you to bear the fruit of faithfulness. And my hope this morning, as opposed to speaking into our struggle, is to actually encourage us, to, that to be encouraged with how the Holy Spirit can grow us in faithfulness and trustworthiness. And so what I want to do this morning is look at three steps to faithfulness. Three steps to faithfulness that will acknowledge our tendencies, will choose small moments, and will trust the faithful one. So let's start with acknowledging our tendencies. So let me help us here just for a second, because I'm not sure all of us are quite there yet. <laughs> when you think about people who are unfaithful, what I want in this moment to do is to ask you to think about you. Because when we ask when you think about people who are unfaithful, I would venture to say, like me, it's easier to think of other people who have been unfaithful and betrayed you. And I don't want to minimize that, that, that there are a ton of hurts and pains that many of us have experienced in this life, and there's a different sermon for how we process through those things. But the challenge for us this morning is to be reminded of our tendencies, our heart that is prone to wander, our heart that is prone to failure, and to lacking faithfulness, to lacking trustworthiness, to lacking integrity, to lacking perseverance. So if I were to ask you in the Bible, who is the person that comes to mind as a betrayer, I would venture to say, you would say Judas, because he's actually referred to as the betrayer. Let me read the passage in Mark chapter 14, where Mark explains how Judas betrayed Jesus. Verse 43, it says this, and immediately, while he was still speaking, Jesus, Judas came one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under your guard. And when he came, he went up to him and at once said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those, Peter, who stood by, drew his sword, and struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. 
When we think about betrayal, the opposite of faithfulness, unfaithfulness, we often think of Judas. And I'd like for us in this moment to think about Peter and his response to what Judas had done. That we see here that Peter has, has this tendency to actually see what's transpiring. And because he sees Judas betraying Jesus, he then takes action in that very moment. But, what about Peter in that moment? I mean, you can imagine Peter saying, Judas, how could you do this? But yet, right before this, in the story, as Mark's laying this out for us, was this moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is praying, and he looked at his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John, and he said, will you guys come and pray with me? And so they went and prayed with him, and what did they do? They fell asleep. Have you ever had someone in your life that you asked them something very specific to do for you and then they just forgot or they fell asleep? Can you imagine how Jesus felt in that moment towards Peter? And then immediately after, right after Judas had betrayed Jesus, Mark then tells the story of Jesus before the council and Peter's in the courtyard listening to what's happening. And, and the story is that three times people asked Peter, did you follow him? Did you follow him? And each time he said, no, no, no. Some accounts try to show that actually maybe Jesus was in a place where he could actually see Peter in his denial of him and his friendship. And so we look at this story, or as I was pondering it this week, I was thinking, who really is the betrayer here? I mean, of course Judas was, but can we see, do you think Peter came to a place in his own journey where he was able to say, so am I. So am I. And so my point to us this morning is this. I, I think it's critical for us to not just understand our proneness, but to actually acknowledge and confess our tendencies, to be realistic about our struggle and our pain. And so the question to that is why? Why does it matter? Why should we be people who are acknowledging, especially before God, our tendencies towards unfaithfulness and our lack of steadfastness and trustworthiness? And I would say this. It's acknowledging our tendencies that truly is the first step to faithfulness because it's our opportunity to receive how God truly wants to respond to you. Do you guys know the movie Les Miserables, or the play, it's actually a play. You guys know this play, Les Miserables? There's two movies that have been made. One was with Liam Neeson, and it's not a musical. And then one was a musical with Anne Hathaway, and both are amazing. The musical is tremendous if you haven't watched it. It's great. And the story is built on this man named Jean Valjean. And Jean Valjean, what's happened to him is... Prior to when the story begins, he got in trouble for stealing some bread for his family because they were poor, and so he was put in prison for this act. 
and he gets out of prison. And right after he gets out of prison, this is the very beginning of the movie, he's trying to find a job and he can't and nothing's going right for him. And so he ends up at this convent with this priest and he's staying there at this house with this priest. And in a moment of weakness, he sees all this stuff that the priest has, all this silver. And so he steals it and he puts it all in his bag and then he runs away and he's caught. And so the police bring Jean Valjean back to the priest and they say to the priest, they're like, we found Jean Valjean and what he's saying is that you gave him all of this silver, but we think he stole it. And in this incredible moment of love and compassion, the priest actually says, you're right, I I did give it to him. And then the powerful line is, and Jean Valjean, I'm disappointed in you, you forgot the candlesticks. And he gives him the candlesticks. And then he says to Jean Valjean, as he says, I've ransomed you for good. How does the criminal, the guilty, become faithful and trustworthy? It's through the act of love shown in the midst of failure. Hear that again, because this is absolutely critical to faithfulness. The first step to faithfulness is for us to acknowledge our tendencies. Why? So that in our failure, we can hear Jesus say, and you forgot the candlesticks too. I love you. I've ransomed you. How did Peter move forward from his betrayal to start the greatest movement of the church? Through the act of love shown him when he was a failure. Jesus, in the midst of everyone he loved, ditching him. He went to the cross to extend himself and take upon himself the punishment due all of his friends who betrayed him, due their failures and betrayal. And so we need to confess and be authentic about our tendencies so we too can experience Jesus' ransoming act of love as a failure. And my question to you this morning and all sincerity is, can you receive that today? Whatever failure it is that you're wrestling with in this moment, no matter how dark, no matter how repetitive, no matter how painful, can you receive the love of Jesus Christ in this moment that's saying, I'm going to still Go to the cross for you, even in your failure. Well, the second step to growing in faithfulness is to choose the small moments. Choose the small moments. You know, I think there's real value in us having vision, right? We, we, we have lots of things. We like to think about things three to five years out. We make plans. We just did this as a staff on a retreat. We were talking about the church and what we're hoping for. We did it as an elder team back in June. And, and I think 
this is a, this is a, that's a very biblical thing because what is the book of Revelation? It's actually God giving us a picture of what the world will be like one day and he wants us to have that picture in our heart and mind because it does help us with perseverance and steadfastness and faithfulness because we can trust in his promises as 7,500 promises that are in scripture that they will come to pass because so many have already. We can trust that he will bring to pass the future that is to come. The, But sometimes we need to be reminded to just take it day by day. When I wake up in the morning and ask God, how can I grow in faithfulness today? It helps maybe to just think about those small moments where I want the Holy Spirit to help me be faithful in. John Gottman, who's a psychologist, has done a ton of research on trust and faithfulness. Some really interesting stuff out there on marriage and how to build trust in marriage and all these different things. And in his research, he found that trust and faithfulness grows. This is like his, his biggest thing. And all the research that he did, his biggest statement is it grows in the smallest of moments. It grows in the smallest of moments. It's the repeated acts, the everyday acts, the simple things. And so in his training and the things that he does for marriages to help build trust between couples, he's like, it's just the simple small things repeated day in and day out. That's how trust is built. We, we think trust is built in these massive moments, but really trust is built in these simple expressions day in and day out. And I think that's a little bit what I'm inviting us to as well. That it's, it's asking God, how can I be faithful in these small, simple moments Instead of thinking, I've got to read the whole Bible in a year, or I'm going to pray every day this year, how about just saying, God, how can I be faithful to read the Bible today? The way my brain works is, I'll make that promise, I'm going to do this, and then I'll miss two days, and then I'll be like, well, i got to wait till next year, I guess. (laughs) You're laughing because you're with me, right? That's exactly how we, you guys do it too, you do it too. We're like, oh... You know what? I'm going to get to know my neighbor this week. Oh, well, I guess I have to wait till next year to get to know my neighbor. And we were like, we, we, there's just, I don't know. At this point, it, it sounds so simple, but I, just to be really transparent with you guys, like, this was very powerful for me this week. Like, I would just get up in the morning and I would be like, I wonder what faithfulness would look like today. Oh, yeah, I want to. Make sure I text my friend. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Just sit. I, want, I do want to read. It's, it's important for me to read scripture, okay? So I'm just going to read a passage of scripture today. And just thinking, I thought about it. I just resonated in my heart for some reason just thinking about, yeah, God, I, wanna, I want the Holy Spirit to produce faithfulness in me. So what would that look like today? If you're like me... <laughs> Failure can be crushing, even if we miss all the small moments. And there's a really important verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, where Paul wrote, this saying is trustworthy for us, that if we are faithless, he remains faithful. So, How do our failures help us become faithful and trustworthy? 
It's through the act of love shown in the midst of failure. That even in our failures, God doesn't say, I'm done with you. (laughs) Wait till next year. He still remains faithful, even in the midst of our faithfulness. And the third thing I would say this morning that we should do is trust. Trust the faithful one. Trust is a complex word, you guys. It's not just something we say, I trust you, and it happens. But this is the invitation, this journey that we're on to, for our trust. Trust, is, the, trust and faithfulness are intimately connected. That, that as we trust, then there is faithfulness that comes from our trust. Eugene Peterson, in his book, he wrote this, Perseverance is not the result of our ter- determination. It is the result of God's faithfulness. I think, you know, when we think about the fruit of the Spirit, a, a, a guy that trained me a long time ago, back in the 90s, Steve Shadrack was his name, he, he used to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and he's like, we would do this thing where we would be like, I'm going to bear fruit, I'm going to bear fruit, and, you know, doesn't do anything, right? It doesn't, you know, just try, like, there's no, no matter how determined you are, you just can't bear fruit, right? Because perseverance and faithfulness and steadfastness and loyalty and trustworthiness, it's not the result of just being determined to be faithful. It's a result of God's faithfulness. We're so tempted to compromise our faith or when we think we have no strength left to endure, to give up, and it's in all of those moments that we need to press in and remind and sing the myriad of songs we sang today about the faithfulness of God. Over 45 times in the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms, 45 of them talk about God's faithfulness. God doesn't exercise degrees of faithfulness. He's not faithful to some and unfaithful to others. It can be tempting to scan our lives sometimes and think that God's being faithful to other people and he's not being faithful to us. But God is always faithful. Psalm 36.5, it says, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Lamentations. Where the song, Great is Your Faithfulness, come from. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. My friends, we have to become sick of the unfaithfulness of the promises of this world and turn our hearts to the faithfulness of God. He is truly the only trustworthy one. And, and how do the untrustworthy become faithful and trustworthy? Through the act of love shown us in the midst of failure. The beauty of the love of Christ towards you and towards me is that there is nothing that can cause you or me not to be his. And God has designated us to respond to that act so that he can mold us into faithful people. Jesus is not just our model of faithfulness. He is the means to being faithful. 
And my hope and prayer for us this morning is that in the midst of our failures, we might be encouraged to that as well. A couple weeks ago, I told you about a mentor of mine, Paul Stolwick, who had an aneurysm. And on Tuesday, 12 days ago, passed away. And this week, on Monday, we had our monthly meeting to talk about theology and church. I miss him. I really miss him. It's funny, the things like this, like, so many of you have no idea that you've been impacted by him. Like some of those catchphrasey phrase things that I say, he taught me. Press into chaos, that's his line. I learned a lot of things from Paul, and this was one of them. Paul, at the end of his life, at the age of 60, he was still pursuing faithfulness. He had so many struggles. He was abused. He was a failure as a missionary. He hurt people as a pastor. But even till he died, he acknowledged his tendencies, chose the small things, and trusted in the act of Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but the very first sermon I heard Paul preach was in the summer of 1994. And he was talking about the book of Malachi. And he was talking about how God wanted his people to trust him. I can still remember him doing it. He was saying, trust me. Just trust me. Might we cultivate a life that would walk in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to bear the fruit of faithfulness in our lives, that we too would become a people who have a long obedience in the same direction because of God's faithfulness to us. Let's pray.